this week's episode and sponsored by the Breakthrough to Excellence Network. This network will help you stop scaling your business in chaos and get you back to building your legacy by restoring your confidence, your systems, and your strategy that will honor your God-given talents. You can find more information at www.jasminehaley.com. Welcome to the Breakthrough to Excellence podcast. I'm Jasmine Haley, healthcare provider turned educator, entrepreneur, and startup strategist. Not too long ago, I was burnt out, overwhelmed, depressed, and full of fear from a toxic work environment. I created my business out of necessity to create a legacy I can be proud of today. It helps me transform the lives of women every single day to pursue their dreams and entrepreneurial goals. I created this podcast to share the empowering stories of entrepreneurial women, help you break through self-doubt to your greatness, and share business strategies to help you create a thriving and profitable business. If you are an emerging entrepreneur or business owner that wants to create the mindset needed to escape burnout, reclaim your personal power, and pursue your entrepreneurial dreams, this podcast is for you. Stay tuned and listen in. Welcome to the Breakthrough to Excellence podcast. I am your host, Jasmine Haley, and our guest for this episode is Ramita Bolchandani. So, you know, I, I listen, I have a special affinity towards Ramita. <laughs> so we're going to try to behave, but I cannot wait for you to hear this amazing entrepreneur story and to hear the value that she's going to bring into our lives specifically. So 15 plus years of experience for her as a leader in Fortune 200 companies like the Walt Disney Company, Marriott International, and DaVita. She's partnered and led along operations, sales, brand management, and human resource teams. And her days, though, are mostly like a dream. She was living in a on a rainbow in her creative element. And like an obedient student, she respected the given plan by transforming her authentic self into a version accepted by society. But who's happy there? You know, who's truly happy there? And on paper, she was successful. She was driven and a top performer. Well, then fast forward 15 plus, she found herself exhausted, drained, and overworked. And she realized that her personal life was non-existent. She felt like a unicorn lost in a dark forest with broken wings. And the craziest part was that she felt ashamed and guilty for feeling that way. So you know what she decided to do? She's decided to start over, to press that reset button, y'all, okay? And she decided to create her dream job, her dream life, and doing what she does. And what I love, what she calls it, you know, is glitter for the soul, y'all, all right? And so now the world is now her oyster, and she's living her purpose through transformational coaching, while leaving traits of glitter along the way. Welcome, Romita. Hello. Thank you so much for having me, Jasmine. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, I can't wait. I just, you're such a beautiful soul. And I think, you know, the work that you do is so important. I just feel, you know, because you're fulfilled, because you've taken that route, 
every time you have an interaction with someone, you leave a little bit of that glitter. And that's the glitter I feel, you know, when I have interactions with you, I just feel like I'm in a safe place. I'm just in a, I'm just around great energy. So I cannot wait to learn more and for you to sprinkle more of that glitter on the listeners today. <laughs> yeah, I'm excited too. I'm excited to shed some more glitter. I have plenty to go around. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> My pixie yes. guard never runs out. Yes. And you know what, guys, listen, I wish you can see her because she's got her glitter sweater. It's absolutely gorgeous. And when we met for lunch, she had on a gorgeous glitter sweater. And I had, did I have on any glitter? On my nails, I had glitter. And I have a glitter, you know, case for my podcast. So I absolutely love that. <laughs> yeah. All right. Love it. So tell us about your journey. Tell me, you know, what got you to, like, we explained it to somewhat, but I really want to kind of shape that more for the listeners. Yeah. So my journey starts with my career at Disney, and it was by far the what my foundation of my corporate world looked like and what I actually ended up going back to my Disney roots when I went through my plot twist, if you will, in my story. And I ended up going back to my Disney roots. And I always came back to one story. It was my first experience of leadership. And so that first experience of leadership, I'm here in college intern. So to paint that story a little bit, I'm, you know, all excited. I work for Disney World, the most magical place on the earth. And <laughs> I have one more semester of college left, but I don't care because I'm at Disney World and I'm making magic. So I remember going when I got there, I was just so excited to be there. And I was just like, you know, this 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 puppy just like following everyone around, just like ready to play, just excited. And I went through training and I remember I was like, I just want to like, I want to start making dreams come true. Like, that's what I want to do. Like, let's do this. Like, even <laughs> whatever it is. And I went through training and I was like, okay, one week goes by, two weeks go by, three weeks go by. It was seven weeks before I was even allowed, seven to eight weeks before I was even allowed to speak to an actual Disney guest. And even wow. um, go through a process where like, I still had someone shadowing me yeah. process. And I was like, wow, like this is, I mean, I learned so much and the training was really good. But when I got out there in front of the guest, I felt empowered. Yeah. I felt like I had the power to make whatever that situation I like, I could just wave my hand with a click of a button and make it happen for this guest. And one of the things I really appreciated being an intern and a front desk associate. So you go to a hotel, right? You check in with the front desk person, you know, it's not a lot of work, but we went through a lot of training, almost eight weeks worth. And immediately they were like, you know, you have $250. If you need to make things right or make something right for your guest, you are empowered and we will never question you because it's between you and the guest. And I was like, oh, wow. Like, this is my first experience as, you know, a frontline worker. And I'm, I'm being armored with $250 to use at my discretion with a guest mm. in case like, you know, they lost something or something happened, or I don't need to call a manager. I have the empowerment to do that. Wow. So that was pretty powerful for me. And then I remember I was going to um, getting to the leadership piece is I, I'm working in the luggage room because that's what interns do. We schlep bags. <laughs> <laughs> So I got luggage room duty this day and this guy comes in with his, you know, collared shirt and khakis, 
you know, I'm thinking he's probably a manager and I'm like, he's not going to help us because he's a manager um, because managers just don't do manual labor because that's, that's what the interns are for. Um, <laughs> so I'm <laughs> then and he comes in and he's like, starts helping us with bags. And he just like, he's trying to help, but he's like messing up my flow because I'm already in this busy routine and I got a flow of where I'm stuffing the bags and I know that I'm going to come back to them. So he comes in, God bless him. He, he came in, he helped us out. He schlepped bags for about an hour, got us through the rush period. And he introduced, I was like, thanks so much for your help. And he helped us out. His name is Dan. And he's, um, he's like, yeah, I'm, I'm so glad. Welcome to on the college program. And, you know, and he asked me a couple of questions about my school and where I came from and, and, you know, the, just the basics. So about a week later, I'm um, on luggage duty again, and I'm delivering a bag to another space in the resort. So this is the All-Stars, Disney's All-Star Resort. If anyone's ever been there, it's ginormous. Mm-hmm. So I'm taking bags there, and I see Dan, and he's in a housekeeping costume. And I'm like, oh, man, what did he do? Like, in my head, I'm like, he must have really pissed somebody off. Like, <laughs> got demoted. Like, I don't. So being, you know, the authentic self who was not you know, uh, shaped by corporate politics, I asked him, <laughs> Dan, um, did you get demoted? What happened? Like, why, why are you cleaning rooms right now? And he's like, well, actually, and he introduces himself again. He's a general manager. And what he does is he gets in costume for several days and he does it every four to six weeks. And he shadows a frontline cast member to understand and put himself in their shoes to understand their role, understand. And he's like, that's how I make leadership decisions as a general manager of this resort. Right. Um, And being that this resort is 2200 rooms, like it's very important that, you know, he's making decisions that really not only that help the frontline cast members, but also help the guests. And it's like, it's all cohesive, but I have to be able to we're be in my, my employee's shoes just as much I am the guest shoes. Yeah. And that was powerful for me because that was my first dose of what empathy looks like in just day-to-day situations. So I, that became my kind of like what I used every single day. So when I was working with guests, I would always make sure that not only was I understanding their perspective, but mm-hmm. I was also understanding the people around me and understanding right. their, and it was like, we just, it was empathy is what it's about sitting in someone else's shoes without judgment. Right. It's about being able to really understand that person, their struggles and then be able to discern amongst that. Um, and we did that. We did that. Like, so Disney was very big on making sure that they were including. So I got pulled into projects like an off operating system. Like, mm-hmm. that right, code. What do you like? Seriously, like, how am I going to contribute? Like, I'm not, I don't have the skills or the brains for this. But they're like, Ramita, you know, the operations, you know, this, you don't need to. Everyone's going to use this operating system. So mm-hmm. we need everybody's opinion and we need to have different perspectives. So I, I come in and I'm helping with these things and I start getting into different projects and I may not have the right skills for that specific project. Like I've never mm-hmm. opened a hotel before, but I opened a hotel. You know, you do things, but it's all about being able to collectively sit in other folks' shoes and opinions and understand their story and be able to incorporate it and marry them together. And you think about Disney and their characters. When you're coming in, you might have a favorite character 
but you've accepted that character for whatever he, she is. So when you mm-hmm. go in the parks and you see Maleficent, well, she's not going to be nice to you because she's Maleficent. Mm. And versus Be- Beauty and the Beast, Aurora, or you go and see Cinderella or you see Mickey. Mickey's mm-hmm. going to be a lot more friendly and then you'll have Goofy and Tigger will be friendly. Like, you know, he'll be like, you know, um, funny and he'll like try to poke phone and, you know, throw jokes at you versus, you know, if you see Ursula, she's going to be like, who are, you know, giving you the side eye. <laughs> but you walk into that room knowing Ursula and you've accepted Ursula and you go in and you, you embrace her for what she is and what she isn't. Mm. So empathy was something I learned from Disney and I started implying it in my personal life. I started, you know, doing it with my family. I started doing it with my friends and really understanding a holistic point of view. And when they're telling someone you're being present, you're listening, you're putting yourself in their world for that moment. So you can get to understand a 360 view what they're doing. Mm. And as I got into that and I, I learned about it and I started doing it, it became something organic and it became something second nature to me that I didn't even think about. Like I just did it like no one, it, it was just second nature. I, I just did it on the go. I could, didn't even think about it. And I think what happened was when my mom passed away, I, I became numb because no one taught me how to grieve. I was never taught mm. to deal with yeah. that magnitude. And mm. when I became numb, I, it's almost like that, that superpower of empathy mm-hmm. disappeared. Mm-hmm. And when that disappears, when you're not able to be present and you're able to sit and feel the people around you and also be able to sit and feel yourself. And when you're tired and understanding how it fits in your world, like what you, you're, you just, you, you make bad decisions. You make half-assed decisions because you're not mm. getting the full, full perspective anymore. And because it was an organic an unconscious thing that I used to do because I did it so much when I lost it, I didn't even realize I lost it. Wow. I assumed I was doing it. So just taking some of the lessons that you've learned from that experience in your journey, how did that help you move forward to start your entrepreneurial journey? That same lesson of empathy. When I realized I, I was making bad decisions, I got into a role that ended up me being, I felt like a token hire. And there were so many red flags and I just, I was too numb to see it. And it was easier to let someone else tell me how to feel Mm -hmm. and what to do and what the right next move was going to be than to discern it myself. Mm -hmm. And I, I didn't do that. And I got into a position where that role ended up testing me and it started um, getting me to my core where I started realizing I've, this isn't me. Something happened. And I was just like, this isn't me. Yeah. Not who I stand for. This is not like, I feel like I'm losing myself and I'm sitting here and, you know, amazing salary, great title. I'm in a custom design four bedroom house, like fully decked out. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I, I had everything materialistically, but I was sitting at home and I wasn't happy. Ooh, that's I didn't deep. understand that. I was like, yeah, I'm not be happy. I have a, you know, I can buy what I want when I want it. I'm sitting mm-hmm. here buying Chanel bags, Louis Vuitton bags. I'm going out eating out every day. Like if I, you know, I, I don't, money was not something I thought about because it just happened. It, it was in my world. I was comfortable and I was able to do what I wanted materialistically. But 
I wasn't present anymore. And I wasn't able to feel my own, like I just, I couldn't feel anymore. And that was starting to weigh on me. And society tells you what is acceptable. They society tells you what, what is, what's supposed to make you happy. Correct. And I, I lived so long of my life where I was beating, dancing to my own beat of the drum. And I was able to not only apply empathy on others, but I consistently applied it on myself. I would consistently sit in my own happiness, my joy, my pain, my frustration, my creative element, my flow. And I would, I would re-energize myself in that manner. And I would really understand me. Mm-hmm. And when my mom passed away, I just, I, I froze and I didn't realize I froze because I just, I didn't even, people were there to support me and help me. And I just, that felt so easy and comfortable. And I, I trusted the people that were around me. Yeah. Here's the thing, no matter if their family, their blood, their friends, no one knows what's best for you more than you do. Mm. No one sits in your heart the way you do. So, so if you can get advice, that's great. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But to not even have your own voice as part of the negotiation process was the biggest mistake I made. And for two and a half years, I sat in that mistake and it just yeah. kind of manifested and it manifested and it ultimately burnt me out because yeah. I no longer was energizing myself. I was just running and I was running on, I was basically like a chicken with their head cut off. I was running around pleasing all the opinions around me. And I never, I stopped listening to my own voice. I made excuses for it. I just, I made it when it did come out. I was like, no, no, you're not, you're not right. But that's, I, and that's fair too, because I hadn't been listening to it for over a year. So why would I listen to it now a year and a half later? And I, mm. I did what, you know, I always said I wouldn't do. And I made, I tell my clients this too, like the, the biggest mistakes was shopping and going on spa days and, you know, doing things with that. You're like, oh, I need a pedicure because that's, what's going to make me feel better right in this moment. And it does, it, you know, it makes you happy and it feels great. But before, even now that I've transformed back, you know, like those things were, they, they, they're band-aids. They don't last forever. So after feeling all of that and getting burnt out and getting to the space where I was just so unhappy, I, I like, I don't understand why I'm so unhappy. I ended up leaving my job. I quit cold turkey. Didn't I had a mortgage to pay? I had <laughs> that sounds like me. <laughs> I had no plan. No plan. I was like I gone. I knew that being in that role was not me anymore. And I was not, I was more gonna, I was gonna hurt myself if I stayed in that path longer. Cause here's what happens. I, I remember wanting to get my master's. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, when you make a commitment like that, or like you're quitting your job, or you know, things that you're wanting to do, how long I, I would ask the question. How often do we procrastinate those things and say, okay, well, you know, well, we have a pandemic now, so now's not the right time, but there's always something. There's always something that pushes you. It's like, oh, I'm going to quit my job in a year. I'm going to quit it in six months. Mm -hmm. And then something else happens and then you feel obligated and you feel responsible and you feel like, you know, okay, well, I, I just need three more months or I need six more months. And, you know, 10 years later, you're wondering like why I didn't do what I did. I like you, you, you lose track of time. Yeah. And I didn't want to do that. And my mom's passing was a pretty big eye opener for her because she, I love to travel and I got that from her. I believe it dawned on me that every time I went and asked for vacation time, 
no one would give me more than two weeks off. And I remember having to cancel Mm. vacations even a week out because something happened in the business and the need was there and I had to cancel my trip. Great. Mm. It paid my expenses, but I mean, I, that's not what I, I would have rather gone on my trip. Right. Right. And I, I went back and I started recollecting all the staycations I had been doing. Like I get vacation time and I would stay home because I just needed to rest or get things done around the house or like run errands or, you know, just do normal things that I can't do during the week. And as I worked with, I've always worked with coaches. I think all coaches need coaches as well. And I will continue having them. I I worked with my old time life coach and we started rediscovering and redesigning my life. And Mm -hmm. I decided when I, if I'm following my heart, I went straight to the airport. I was like, I just want to travel. Like I've got, I'm 15 years behind. And if I would have done two trips a year times 15, that's 30 countries. Right. And I felt like I'm, I'm like, I'm behind now. <laughs> I gotta, I gotta catch up. And <laughs> why, I gotta make money, but I don't want to work anymore. I worked for 15 years. I don't want to work anymore. Mm-hmm. I want to just, I want to do something that's living with passion and doing my purpose in life. Like I, there, I have to be, I was brought into this world. I can't find it. I find it hard to believe that I didn't have a bigger purpose and it wasn't just to make money for some fortune 50 company and yeah. to, to do these things and, you know, live under someone else's rules and fulfill someone else's dreams. Cause that's essentially what you're doing when you work for someone else. Yeah. So sitting in my own empathy in a different perspective, I'm like, well, what is it that I want? Who am I outside of this job? Who am I outside of being a daughter? Who am I outside of everything? If I strip all of these titles away, who am I? Some And most of us are scared. We're scared to look at the person behind all of those layers. Yes. We're freaking scared. That's why like many of us are like me, I'm an ambitious woman. But what I tend to do is I would have things where like, it would be feel wrong for me not to do anything just to be like, I, I would always want to jam pack my schedule with a ton of things because I was afraid to just be with myself. Yeah. You know, which is a coping mechanism because packing oh, yeah. schedule prevents you from having, it's like, you know, I, I don't, I need to do this Excel document, but I really need to clean the house. So I'm just going to clean the house first. (laughs) We do it to ourselves. It's for the procrastination. We do it for our lives because you know, it's like that closet you really need to clean out or the garage. And you're like, yeah, but you know, it's, 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 it's gonna, you know, it's gonna get cold soon. And today's such a great day. Let's enjoy, you know, we always make excuses for things we don't want to do in life. Mm Mm-hmm. But here, how's the, how about if you did have lived a life where you weren't doing, you didn't have to make those kind of decisions. Yeah. Yeah. And you were able to, you know what? I, I now live in abundance. I'm like, well, I don't want to clean my house. Well, I can outsource it. Exactly. I don't want to clean out the garage. Well, let me just outsource that too. Yeah. And then you realize that I, I think as women, one of the biggest things, especially as an entrepreneur and we tend to say we have to, we got to be bag lady. We got to carry all the bags and we got to like hold them in perfect balance and harmony and, and just hold that weight. And some of those bags, we don't even need to be holding. Yeah. Yeah. Why do we feel like we have to do all the things? 
I, you know, I think it's because that's what we're conditioned to believe because that's what we see our moms doing. That's what our grandmothers doing. Yep. And you become what you see. Mm -hmm. You see what you become. And we, we have a culture of like, (laughs) of burnout. Like if you're not doing, and I have to catch myself even as an ambitious woman, like for 2021, I'm just thinking of, okay, what else can I let go? Yeah. Like, seriously, like, do I really have to do all these things to have a measure of success? Who is determining my success? Is it people on the outside or is it me? That's a powerful question. Who is determining your success? And, and like definition of it. Yeah. What is your because like everything that you were just talking about empathy for you, like that's the first thing that came in my head as I'm thinking, like, who is determining that for me? And not every person is wired the way that I am and not every person's wired the way you are. And it's like, you know, why don't we set that measure for ourselves? Why do we put all of this pressure on us? And why are we worried about what this next person is doing? Or why are we worrying about what this person tells us is a level of success or our parents and things of that nature. And and you're right. It's like, we've been conditioned Mm -hmm. from infancy. Mm Mm-hmm. And it's, it's funny because I get a lot of folks will hear my story and how I, um, now I, I sold my house. I just sold everything. I cut all the chains in my life and I put enough furniture for a one bedroom apartment, put it in storage. And now I'm happily homeless. I pay mortgage to Airbnb most of the time. And I hop from country to country and I took my clients. And <laughs> I love how you said happily homeless. <laughs> I, I love it. I love not having to pay a light bill and a water bill and uh, someone to mow the grass. And I just, I realized when I didn't have the responsibilities anymore, mm-hmm. I didn't want them. So now yeah. I, I will like, I'm terrified of buying a house now because I'm like, I don't want to cut the grass. Like, I don't even want to hire, like, I don't even want the responsibility of hiring someone else to cut the grass for me. And I think about those things. And then when I share my story, I'll, I'll have like, well, you know, I, I can't quit my job and I can't sell my house and I can't, I can't just live a travel like you. And it's funny that that's, to me, that's a funny response when I get it from folks, because that's the thing with coaching. And that's the thing with, um, we're so conditioned to become what we see. Yeah, so we yeah. seek out like help uh, for what we want to what we want to do. But we're the thing about coaching is is that you are the master of your own. You're the artist. You create whatever you want to create, and no, yeah. you define your success, and you are the the one who judges it. You're yeah. everything. You're the judge and the jury. And I think it's funny because I think one of my biggest issues or clients' obstacles are is they don't they don't know how to dream. They don't know how to under, like to to step in a space where they're like, well, what if I could have everything I wanted? What would it right. look like? And to stop and just like be able to sit in your own shoes and feel. But yeah. a lot of times that's hard until you give up. Right. What you have so you can understand like, oh yeah, now that I don't have that responsibility, I don't want it. Or you know what? I actually did like doing that. I actually... I liked having this and I liked having, you know, my own driveway and I liked having, so I'm willing to do like whatever, you know, what I need to do to have this. Mm-hmm. But a lot of times we have to go through this process of like cutting the strings so yeah. that we can force ourselves to dream again mm-hmm. and not necessarily, I don't want everyone to have my life. I want you to have your life. I want you to have 
Yes. The life that you want. I share story as inspiration, not as, no, this is what successful people look like. Successful people look, they come in all shapes and sizes and they do all kinds of things. There's no (sighs) formula. You know, we look for a formula because that's what we're conditioned to do. Exactly. I feel like every time I interact with you, you are meant to come into my life at this very second. I swear, because like this conversation is so beautiful to me. I was seriously thinking of that. Even as I look at my own business as a business owner and I say, I'm here to help you get over your fear, your doubt, overwhelm and get you to get your business organized and get it scaled. Right. Mm -hmm. But why do I have to say 100K? Why can't it be whatever you desire? Yes. Why does it have to be 100K? Do you get what I'm saying? Like, there's nothing wrong with saying, I just want to scale my business to 50K years, you know? Mm -hmm. And that's what's comfortable for me. And so, like, I'm even evaluating having empathy towards myself and saying, I'm going to do my business however the heck I see fit. If I'm going to go on this wild and crazy journey of entrepreneurship, then I need to have empathy for myself, just like I said, and I and what I did when I decided to get out of a uh, a toxic work environment and choose entrepreneurship. So if I'm going to choose it, let me do it my way. Yeah, exactly. And it's so liberating when you think about that. And I'm just like this, even this year of dealing with COVID and like the unrest, the civil unrest in our country and just so much it has just really shaped my own mind and thinking about what do I want? Because things are going to hit the fan anyways. (laughs) And it's crazy out here Mm -hmm. in these streets. Mm -hmm. So why not be happy? Absolutely. And I think I I always go back to my Disney roots with this is when I'm placing empathy on myself, I one of the things I did, and it was organically is like there were no limiting beliefs or glass ceilings. Disney was type of place where I, I remember telling my clients, if you can dream it, I can make it happen. Of course, there was going to be a bill that, you know, matched that dream, but that would you would be presented with at the end. But if you could dream it, I can make it happen. And they were, you know, we lived in a world of abundance. And I loved that because we, I think we're conditioned to live in a world of scarcity. And when you live in a world of abundance, you're able to say, okay, well, I have everything I need. I just need the dream to make, to create a path. And then we create a goal and then we make it happen. But if you yeah. walk into a world and say, well, I, I want to just make 100K, well, then what if you could make 200K? Yes. What if you what if you just say, I'm going to start a business and I'm going to see where it goes and I'm going to scale and not even set a limit? Yes. And then you say, OK, I'm scaling it this way and I really like way, the way that's going. And then I'm going to add this piece to it and add this piece to it. And then but it's about. For me at Disney, when I go back to that, I, I realized I loved the process. I was, I was one that I was so, I was in love with the process. I was never married to the outcome because if I got married to an outcome, I was limiting my, my outcome. Does that make sense? Okay, Romita. Okay, Romita. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Like, seriously, I feel the limits of that. And I'm just like, I don't want any more limits. 
We have so much placed on us, especially as women. Yes. We have so much placed on us and I'm tired of it. Mm hmm. So like you guys right now, we're, we're recording this. I batch record my stuff. This is coming out in 2021. But by the time you look at my social media handler and stuff, it's going to probably be different <laughs> because it's about like everything that Romita is talking about is having empathy towards yourself and like setting what is your own measure of success. So we're getting down to the close and listen, Romita and I had like what a 30 minute conversation. It turned into a two hour call. <laughs> <laughs> we literally, we laughed, we cried. I mean, everything. So can you give me like three tangible steps for someone that's struggling with this to start the process of having more empathy towards themselves? Absolutely. So three things that you can do to start the process. And it's really the three things I'm going to give you are really to trigger the emotion, trigger the awareness and trigger the feeling in your body. One of the things you can do is every morning, not changing your routine, whatever it is you do, get up in the morning, put your feet firmly on the ground. Even if it's just getting up out of bed, put your hand on your heart, ask you, what do you need today? What do you need? Asking yourself what you need is it's so powerful because it's something we also don't do very often. It's very no, rare that we, we ask check ourselves in. what we need. The first mm -hmm. thing we're doing is, hey, what do the kids need? What do the husband need? What does the mom need? What does friends need? We're all we're looking at the email on our phone. Before yep. you do any of that, ask yourself, what do you need today? Yeah. And whatever that is, maybe it's to crawl back in bed and like sleep for another hour. Mm -hmm. Do what you can to honor that voice. And there are going to be days that you feel like you can't. That's okay. But try, even if you do it, say four days out of the seven days, that's, that's improvement. The second thing is to, to practice empathy. And maybe that's going to um, sitting in your living room. Maybe it is going on a walk and going into a garden is going on your patio, watch an object or an animal or plant, whatever, something. And Put yourself in that, in that animal, like I, I'll, sometimes there's a squirrel, I'll give that example right on our back patio and I'll go out there and I'll sit and I'll just watch the squirrel. And I imagine myself as a squirrel. Like I, like if I was this little squirrel's shoes, like he's doing his thing, he's running up, <laughs> up, but I'm looking at his body language and I'm looking at what he's doing. And, you know, there's a couple of times where he looks at me like, what the hell? Um, <laughs> it's okay. You, you go in, but the whole point is I'm not judging him. I'm just trying to understand and put myself in his shoes and whether that be a plant or a lamp or, you know, a butterfly or something that you're watching and just put in like a table. Even you think about a dining room table, a table has knowledge. It has personality and it has empathy. All those things go into a table. Otherwise you yeah. wouldn't be in your living room, but you imagine this table and you think about the knowledge and you, you look at like the wood grain and what's involved, the trees and how old they must've been, the kind of trees and where they're grown from. And then you look at the style and design, like the personality of the table. And then the empathy comes in as I'm this table and look at what this table does for me in this house and like what it does and how it's like this table gets knocked on. It gets, you know, stuff spilled onto it. You know, you imagine it's like the movie Toy Story. You're watching mm -hmm. the view from a, the view of a toy. 
Mm-hmm. And what mm-hmm. a toy goes through. And you watch that movie and then you look at your toys in your in the house a little differently. <laughs> because you're like, well, what is this toy thinking about me right now? You know, it's about practicing, practicing, yes. practicing that piece. So one, you're practicing it with yourself. One, you're looking at it from another perspective and understanding mm-hmm. what that looks like. And then the third thing is to, to create time in your space is to do mind breaks. I recommend to all my clients, and this is probably the hardest thing that they become a habit, is to create mind breaks where you're taking 20 minutes to 30 minutes a day. I recommend two, but if you start with one and it starts with maybe five minutes, maybe it starts with 10 minutes, and then you kind of work your way up a little bit and they're sporadic and you have nothing planned and there's the phone turns off and you just stop, just stop Mm. and feel And maybe you need to rest your eyes, but just stop and be present in that moment and just feel, be still and be present in whatever your environment is and take it in. Whatever that may be, maybe you're in a restaurant, maybe you're outside, maybe you're working, maybe you're in flow and doing a document. I don't know. Whatever that may be for you, have times where, you know, the alarm goes off. It's like, okay, I'm taking a 20 minute mindful break. Maybe you're playing cards and just doing something mindful, mindless, yeah. you know, just yeah. giving your brain a break, Yeah, giving your brain breaks throughout the day. Mm-hmm. I guarantee you, if you, if you do it continuously, you will actually increase your productivity because you're allowing your brain to rest, your mind to rest. Yeah. All right. I love it. All right. My final question to you, Romita, going back to the very first time, very first year, very first month of business for you. Yeah. What one piece of advice would you give yourself when you just started? Embrace the growth process and give yourself grace as far as not knowing everything you need to know about who you are and your brand and your story I I think for me, when I walked into it, I'm like, I came in with this corporate background and there was a bit of ego there. And I was like, I, I know me, I I know me like inside and out. I know my authentic voice. I have my authentic voice, Mm -hmm. but there was a lot about the business. I didn't know. There was a lot about the, the processes and the way things go and the best way. And what I thought I knew, I walked in married to an outcome, which is something I say I don't do. You go in thinking like, I'm going to start my own business. This is what I'm going to do. And this is how it's going to happen. And there's a lot of in between. We don't, I didn't pay attention to, and I wish I would have just taken it a little bit slower. I probably would have saved a lot of money <laughs> during that process and um, just allowing myself to grow with the process. Right. Right. And being able to be a little bit more present in that process and take it in. Like I give you an example. There's a book I'm reading right now about brand story that I read earlier in the year or late last year. And it is hitting me so much differently now because I've gone through this, these so many emotions and the experience, but what I'm getting from it now is what I thought I was getting from it, say a year and a half ago. And it's just because I wasn't in that right space. So allowing you to have that empty space where you're allowing yourself to grow with the process and letting your business go like universe, well, they've got your back Yes, and trust it and trust that the process is not going to be overnight, that it's going to happen. You just have to let it, let it run its course. Absolutely. Mm. Man, you're so awesome. And I, I love talking with you. 
and can't get enough. <laughs> Please tell the listeners where they can find you. You can find me on glitterforthesoul.com or you can reach out to me via LinkedIn as well. I am pretty active on LinkedIn. So either way, I'd love to chat with you um, if you're interested in a coaching package as well. I'd love to chat with you more on that, but glitterforthesoul.com or through my name, Romita Bolchandani at LinkedIn. You can look for me there as well. Awesome. And all of this information will be in the show notes. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for spreading your glitter with us today. You're welcome. And thank you for having me. Absolutely. Thanks for tuning into the show. Dive in deeper by visiting the show notes for this episode or listening to more episodes on jasminehaley.com. If you found value in the show, share with a friend or leave us a review. I'll see you next time.